the NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. I was going to ask you this earlier in the show, Wolf, but I'll ask you now since uh, we just talked to Brock Heward last hour. and He definitely had only good things to say about Roma Dunze off the field, too. Yeah. Is there anything Rome Odunze could do at the Combine that would take you out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. draft, a danger zone, just a little bit? See, the question's got to be, take me out of the danger zone with Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think he could do anything at the Combine other than going out and running a (laughs) 4-2-8. You know what I mean? I mean, you're going to tell me he's got that kind of speed to go with everything else. Then I think, okay, maybe you've got to reevaluate that because he can run really good routes as well. I do believe Marvin Harrison Jr., this is just me. I do believe he runs better routes, tighter wow. routes. And I'm not saying Rome Madunze is bad at running routes by any stretch of the the. Uh, I, I'm not saying that. Do you got that? Yeah, no, but we're, we're splitting hairs here for a reason because this yeah. is one of the best top of the exactly. receiver draft classes in, what, 20 years probably somewhere? I mean, it's definitely one of the best, and you only get one of them. And hopefully you do get one of them. But the Cardinals are in a position to get one of them. And the question now is, are they are they going to do that? Um, We got a list up on ArizonaSports.com goes through some of the the players that the Cardinals have met with at the uh, at the combine so far. Uh, They're all defensive players right now. It doesn't mean that they haven't met with more, but just kind of a running list. Uh, Cooper DeJean from Iowa, the defensive back, Terry Arnold, the Alabama corner, Uh, Johnny Newton, Illinois defensive tackle, Jonah Ellis, Utah edge, a lot of edge rushers. On here, Chris Braswell from Alabama, Gabriel Murphy from UCLA, uh, Gabe Hall from Baylor, Chop Robinson from Penn State. Chop. Um, but not a surprise that they're looking at the edge because that's going to get addressed, what, probably in the first three picks? Yeah. Can I just interrupt this broadcast right now for a minute? Can <laughs> I do that? Is that all right? We ought to come up with something like that, Mel. You know, we interrupt this broadcast I think right that's now for, for a hot take right here. Oh, boy. Um, Mel sent me this. Man, is, is this from the Combine right now, these numbers that I'm looking at in regard to Marvin Harrison Jr.? It's interesting because 6'3 and a quarter, okay? Six three and a quarter. Okay, I'm so a little surprised. So not by that. six four. You're not saying? six four. Okay. And this is the way they measure at the combine. By the way. Yeah. You're standing there up against it, and they take a card. They take something to try to stick it underneath your your heels. Yeah. To know that your heels are on the ground. And I'm talking about a three by five index card. You can't, That's what they used on us. You can't come in like wearing the shoes Tom Cruise wears when he's doing Mission Impossible. That's where all right. of a sudden, like Marvin Harrison Jr. six eight. Yeah, forget about it. Okay. You know what? Take your socks off. Take your socks off and keep your heels on the ground. Okay. And we're gonna slide. We're gonna do that. We're gonna slide a three by five index card underneath your heels. That's what they did to us. But doesn't that while matter? Measuring us. More. And by the way, for the record, I was six feet and an eighth. Okay. Okay. So anybody that's I, I just than wanted, that, that's been right. So have I shrunk? Yes. Interesting. Um, that stuff, though. I mean, does that really matter that much for Marvin Harrison Jr.? I, you know, I, it doesn't. I don't think it's going to change it at all because the Cardinals are going to list him at six four, even though he's he's <laughs> six three and a quarter. Now you put down here two eights. Right? Isn't that a quarter? 
Well, um, I didn't measure Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. <laughs> in Indianapolis. That was a post on X that I just copied and pasted. Okay. So, yeah. yes, two eighths, I believe, would be one fourth. Thank you. I, you know, I haven't been in a math now. class in a while, so. I was <laughs> speculating I mean, about that right there. You could also call it four sixteenths if you really wanted to. Yeah, I, I guess you could. could. Or it's still eight a quarter. 30 seconds? Yeah. Is that a thing? Okay. 1664. Um, I can only do this math because of uh, March Madness with the 64. So he had an arm length of almost 32 inches. Inches. What do you think Bull Bull's arm length is? <laughs> Seventy-four feet. I man, that is incredible. What is, what is it? The wingspan of Bull Bull, because we Marvin Harrison that, really. had a seventy-seven and a quarter inch. I, I would imagine it's seventy-seven. Seven eight. Pardon? Bull Bull's wingspan. So that's. What 92 is that? inches? Is that, oh my goodness. What did you say Marvin Harrison Jr.'s is? Well, it's it's 77.25. So that would be 77 inches and a quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or two eighths. <laughs> Don't say two eighths. <laughs> Just stop it with me, will you please? <laughs> you know me in numbers. Okay, okay but wait, so, so you're saying 77 and a quarter for Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bull Bull. That's that's ninety two ninety two oh inch. My width. goodness! <laughs> it's, it's no another, we, I mean, think about another that. fifteen inches. You just see his arms come out of nowhere, and suddenly the ball is blocked when it looks like he's ten feet away from a guy. He's going to get a rebound in a game he's not playing in. <laughs> like if you have two arenas close enough, he's just going to be like, "Let me get that ball too." Thank you. Okay, it. you know what's also amazing here? This is I, I'm sorry to interrupt this broadcast again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But when do you consider that you interrupted the broadcast? Well, I. I interrupted on a regular basis, okay. okay, but he didn't have 10-inch hands. 9.50. He can still catch. I, I know. He can catch. Yeah. That's true. There, there's no th- But I thought he had, like, sickles. I, I just assumed he'd have hands. Well. Like D-Hop. D-Hop had hands that just hung. But he's, like, the extreme isn't hop uh, that, he's yeah. pretty much known for that. Yeah, I would say that his yeah. his hands are absolutely huge, but yeah, he didn't get 10 inches right there. Well, I mean, I've got bigger hands than that. Oh, well, maybe you'll go first. <laughs> How, how do you run routes? Well, you stop it. I mean, you, you just think, you know, a guy who's 6'4", yeah. has got the reach he's got. Yeah, no, that's interesting. You know, you, you would think his hands were just huge. Are you happy with the reach? Is that, I mean, because I know we compared it to Bull Bull, and, and that compared unfavorably to him. But yeah. 77 and a quarter inch reach, is a, it's a pretty big reach for a yeah. receiver. You know, it's kind of cool right here, too. It's it's. It's not as long his reach as I thought it would be, and yet I've got this image in my head based on what Brock Hewer just said mm-hmm. about Marvin Harrison Jr. That his legs, his hip level is right with his dad, who's six feet tall. Yeah. So maybe it's a situation where he's got shorter arms and shorter legs in this super long torso. I gotta look at a picture of Marvin. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. He's this is all what the torso. combine does to you. The combine See? just like paints this extreme like it, He's it, a it makes it sound more and more like I don't know, it dramatic than it actually is. Yeah, like he's a beetle. Did you ever see these beetles, <laughs> yeah, these circular that, that beetles? Have you ever seen this right here? Where all of a sudden it's all torso. That's all it is. And that there's little legs all around it. Yeah, okay. But Marvin Harris Jr. still has, what did you say, a 77-inch wingspan and nine-and-a-half-inch hands. Like, right. that's plenty it's big enough. Bad. You're making it sound it's like he's I, a beetle. Look at his little legs. <laughs>
This is this is what the combine does to people. <laughs> it does. Now everybody thinks, well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is he's short and he's got tiny hands. Like, no, no, he's he's fine. Wolf he's, said he was a beetle. Well, you did say he was a beetle. Yeah, I mean, that's not I, really I know. It, it just, anyways, listen. Does this concern me? Does this take me out of the danger zone? It does not. I am in the danger zone on Marvin Harrison Jr. And if he's there, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four. I don't know if they're going to run to the podium, really. Why would you? Why would you ever do that? Yeah, you you, want to send him a message? No, you have to say. How about you say, yeah, we did that just to... Yeah, mess with everyone else. We were we were gonna, and we'll get up there when we get up there. We got some other things we're attending to, and just take it down like the last five seconds. Hey, okay. listen, we're busy here, Marvin. <laughs> okay, we couldn't run to the podium. We're trying to make nine other draft trade day <laughs> trades for tomorrow. It's okay. like the team that has the first pick every year, and like you announce who the first pick is three weeks ahead of time, but they still take the full yeah. time on the clock because the NFL makes them. A lot of GMs would probably tell him something that was inaccurate, like you know what somebody was offering us five number ones <laughs> or the wa- considering that or they'll walk okay? up there at the podium and be like, like i how- would not say that based on okay but somebody some gm would what if roger goodell when when they announce him and looks at him he's like you don't look like a beetle wolf said you look like a beetle uh, <laughs> all right get raj on raj raj yeah you call him raj i i have to his face? He's yeah. Okay. He's my homeboy. Well, if he's your homeboy, yeah, then you should call him. Yeah, <laughs> you should call Rob. Well, let me see if I've got his number. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> unless you have Kevin Durant's phone with you right yes. now. All right, when we come back, is it uh, time to maybe start getting a little concerned about Bradley Beal? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. See the shots that I took wet like I'm booked. It's time to play Kevin or Devin on the Wolf and Luke Show. All right, it is time for a round of Kevin or Devin. I believe I'm in first place now. Is that accurate? I'm on a two-game winning streak. It's got to get me off, at least out of last place, right? Aaron, do you have the standings? I do. So the standings are Wolf and I tied at 9 and 8. Luke and Rick, you guys are tied 5 and 12. All right, look at us. Rick, way to go, buddy. 5 and 12. Wait a minute. You're telling me Luke actually has five wins now? Yeah, he's 5 and 12. It's a lot better when I don't have guest hosts picking for me. I could easily be 5 and 10. 2-11 hangs in the air. You know what? Some of us turn it on after the All-Star break, and some of us try to coast. I see. And uh, you're one of the ones coasting. (laughs) By the way, you're only four games ahead of me. You're not really that far ahead. Okay, Mel, I'm ready. Forget about Luke. Ignore yeah. Luke. Yeah. Go ahead, He's okay. letting it get to his head. Yeah, so I know. Watch it blow up in his Five face. Five and 12. Like, that is something to be champion. Hey, right, exactly. Look, it can't blow up my face because what am I going to do? Go 5 and 13? <laughs> Can you guys yeah. even tell the difference when I lose at this point? Look, when you go to four Pro Bowls, you can start talking trash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. When you're when you're over six feet. What did you say? You're six feet. That's foot right. I had six feet. Yes. Thank right. you. Well, you're at the combine. So we're trying to shove a three-by-five index card underneath my heel. You're okay. saying this like I'm under six feet, and I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we know that, Luke. All so you, right. get, you want to pick first? You get to pick first. Um, 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll go first yeah. right here. Kevin or Devin. Yes. Do you want me to explain the rules? <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Well, I don't know. For anybody, anybody that might actually be listening, go ahead. Well, it's just, I'm just like, if you're in town for spring training. Make yourself useful. And you're, I've been trying. It's not working. And you're like, hey, what, what is this game? Kevin or Devin? What is, is this about something that I don't know anything? It's very simple. Out of towners. Kevin Durant or Devin Booker, who scores more points tonight against the Houston Rockets? Yeah. Okay, look at the Rockets are a really good defensive team. And um, I think because Kevin Durant scored 28 points against them the last time and Book only scored 25, I'm going to flip that. I'm going to say they're going to try to take away Kevin Durant. Mm. And I think Devin Booker is going to get more open looks than KD's going to get. And because of that, I think Book goes off in this game. And it's a revenge game, is it not? The smoldering Devin Booker. I'm, t- I'm taking Book. Man, I shouldn't have let you go first because you made that case and now it threw off my pick. Let's go to Rick. Rick, it's your pick. I'm very busy right now, so just Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it, Rick. <laughs> I actually, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Who did you take book? You took, you, uh, I took book. book. All right. Aaron? You can go. I, I really appreciate you letting me go first here. Boy, KD's uh, led them in scoring both times they've played the Rockets. But I got to make up some ground on you at some point here. <laughs> All right. Give me uh Ah, give me Devin. <laughs> give me Devin. He did not want to there's, say there's Devin no Booker. logic to it. Ron Wolfley reporting. Luke did not yeah. want to say Devin Booker. Give me Devin. Give me Kevin. Oh, oh I don't like. Are that. we still tied, Mel? You won't yes. be. Yes. Okay. So we're not going to be tied after this game. Uh uh-uh. uh Because it's either going to be Kevin or Devin. See, these are the sort of moves that you make when you're desperate because you're five and twelve. Yeah. Kevin Durant led the Suns in scoring the first time they played the Rockets. He led the Suns in scoring the second time they played the Rockets. And Booker played in both those games. So I take Devin Booker because I have to get a win and I have to make up ground. Now, you don't. You probably just gave up first place. But I applaud your recklessness. Devin Booker scored 25 points in the last game, and he was 7 of 24 from the field. Think about that. Yeah. Wow. We he could... took two more shots than KD took, and yet didn't score as many points. Interesting. I could use like a good 41-point game from Devin Booker tonight. Yeah, that sounds Can we conjure right. that up somehow? You know what? Honestly, I could see that as the de facto leader of this team. I could see that. Devin Booker going off once again. Okay, Houston, the smoldering Devin Booker is going to be like, yeah, we all we understand what happened to us last time. That's great. Not going to happen again. Watch this. Right, Book? Got the shoes coming out. He's got, uh, I don't know, he's back in the uh, tabloids, which I know you're looking at a lot, <laughs> making some <laughs> headlines there. They don't even have tabloids. <laughs> I don't know. Anymore. I don't know. What, how, is, how do you call, what do you refer to TMZ as? <laughs> I, I, TMZ, are they still an entity? Yes. I mean, honestly, come on. <laughs> nobody like... watches TMZ anymore. <laughs> Anything else I can throw out? And you're like, nobody does that anymore. Devin Booker's in the headlines. How's that for um, other reasons other than basketball? Not bad. Book is? Oh, yes. okay. Not bad. For TMZ. Well, I mean, if that's still a thing. I don't know. It was last time I checked. Is he dating a Kardashian again or he, something he, like he, that? He might be. Okay. Dating a, Seriously? Yeah. So, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Not I a mean, Kardashian. <laughs> well, it's into this. Aren't they, aren't Jenner's are, are Jenner's are Kardashians. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that Kendall Jenner is Kim Kardashian's 
half sister. Oh, okay. See? Look at that. You walked right into that. Boy. If you were on TMZ a little bit less. <laughs> but I mean, apparently Kim Kardashian's dating Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham and Devin Booker are friends, so. Oh. See? OBJ. According yeah. to the Daily Mail Online, Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker are quote unquote working on their relationship. Wow. wow. The fact that there's a relationship to work on Man. makes me think Devin and Booker, 41 points tonight. And might make their uh, reunion official quote unquote soon after her split from Bad Bunny. Honestly, could this have happened in the office? So, once again, oh my goodness, Bad Bunny be rears thing. his head. This could be a good thing. Hey, you're calling Bad Bunny Bad Bunny and not Bad Bunny. I, I have no idea who he is, but Bad Bunny, yeah. right? No, Bad Bunny. You said it right the first time. Not what, Bad what? Bunny. If you put the emphasis on bad, it makes it sound like there's at least one other bunny running around. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bad bunny. You are, seriously, you're obsessing. This is Pop Culture Hour with, uh, with Ron Wolfley. And that all leads to my Devin Booker pick of 41 points. Okay, I think good. he's in a good place. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Well, yeah, that's why I keep going down this bad path. Bunny. I, well, because I, I don't really talk about Bradley Beal because I don't know if he's going to play tonight. And at a certain point, I think we're starting to get a little concerned. <laughs> bad Beal. <laughs> Brad, Brad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> now we've lost Wolf for the rest okay, of the show. Okay, no, it's it's all right. Nope, no, um, you're going to be gone. We were talking about earlier. Don't don't say anything like that. Okay, no, we're fine. Okay, everything's um, fine. Earlier we were talking about the Suns. I can't look at you. <laughs> Red Bunny. And who might have the advantage mm-hmm. tonight? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know what? Honestly, right now the the Rockets got to be feeling a, a little cocky. They got to feel a little cocky playing the Phoenix Suns right now. Well, and I would imagine they're going to be very cocky coming into the Footprint Center, right? Here's Frank Vogel on that uh, very topic, not about Houston, but things that have to improve for the Suns against Houston this time. The game, you know, I just think um, you know, we just had some bad runs, you know, in the, in the middle part of that game. Um, some coverages we can definitely uh, tie up. I don't think we, we passed the ball as, as well as we have over the last month or so uh, in, in that game. And, um, you know, obviously we had a terrible shooting game. You know, so those, those things uh, are connected, right? The better you pass the ball, the better you're going to shoot the ball. So, you know, hopefully we're better sharing it offensively. This should be a win on paper. Now, obviously that doesn't matter because on Friday you could have said this should be a win on paper. But the fact that the Suns were in that game, didn't shoot well, and didn't have Nurk. You feel like whether Bradley Beal comes back tonight or not, you'll have Nurk. He makes he clearly makes a difference. They haven't won a game where they haven't had him this season. He's only missed four games, but still, this feels like a good bounce back game for the Suns. And and also, you know, thrown in between that game and this game was a nice win over the Lakers for the Suns too. I tried, man. I tried. I gave you two minutes. What are the odds that Frank Vogel says bad? What what are the odds and what are these he says bad? It's like the third word he said uh, that <laughs> So you you were thinking the yes, exact same thing. The same Thank thing. you very much for that. I appreciate that, Luke. Your honesty on that. I feel yeah, so much no, better. I was there with you. I, I just want to see them go on and I wanna I wanna see a sense of urgency from the Phoenix Suns. I've been talking about this tonight. I think it's one of the things that is in the way from time to time. A, a consistent intensity level coming out and you know what a consistent intensity level in terms of playing their opponent regardless of who they're playing right now it's it's about to get really nasty is it not 
The the upcoming schedule is about to get nasty. It's condensed too. And it I, I can't is say condensed. it enough. Twenty four games in forty six days leading into the playoffs now for the Suns against mostly the best teams in the NBA. Like yes. this, this is your you. I think you have of the twenty four. I think you have like six against sub five hundred teams, and this is one of them. You know, it's interesting too that it's twenty four. 2-4 base earnings, not because I wore the number 24. I thought you because Adrian Wilson wore the no, number 24. No, not, no. Okay, yeah, great. You had to bring up A-Dub right <laughs> I, I did have to, yeah. A-Dub, could you have picked any other number? 23 is right there, and 25. You, I mean, any other number, please. <laughs> Okay, and then you had to go to five Pro Bowls. Thank you, Wolf. I appreciate it, man. I hope everybody understands that I'm a real 24. And, uh, <laughs> we're just, just, just going to put that to bed right yes, now. Uh, yes, yes, you are. There's no denying it. Five Pro Bowls. Five Pro Bowls. Yep. Not four. Yep. Five. But what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Something about the number 24. Gonna, oh, 24. 24. When you break it down, number two, the number of duality. Number four, the number of testing, the number of the world, as a matter of fact. So now all of a sudden, you've got a situation where the Suns, with 24 games left, not 27, Mm -hmm. forget about that, 24. Good or bad, win or lose, a time of testing is here, is it not? I thought you were going to say 24, the name of the TV show that I've somehow still never watched an episode of that everybody loved. Yeah. I'm guessing I, you I haven't watched it either. It either. You, yeah. you know what 24 I is, I though. I don't sit around and watch television. But this is... Well, I don't either, obviously, which is why I haven't seen 24, but it's... I mean, 24 is not new. That's like 15 years old. Maybe longer. Has anybody seen 24? What are the odds? Wow, okay. It's bad. Right. <laughs> Just saying, what are the odds? What are the odds what? That Frank Vogel would say bad <laughs> after talking about bad bunny. The way today's show is gone. Honestly? 100%. Frank, what are you doing? Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Cardinals, if they got one of these receivers at the top of the draft, is that enough? Are they just a wide receiver away from contending? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. News on number four. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday when it came out. Yesterday was a pretty busy show, but uh, Mel Kuyper put out his latest edition of his mock draft, his 2.0. Man. You know, Wolf, I was closing some of these windows on this computer during the break. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you've had me look up today, like Bull Bull's wingspan. Percentage of Americans that like pumpkin pie. Yeah. Like some of the stuff I've had to go to for Google today. It's been a weird show. Right? It has. That's uh, why I like it. A couple but... years now, it's been a weird show. <laughs> yeah, it has. To be fair. Interesting. Um, so we talked about, you know, Kuiper has uh, the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at four. He has them uh, going defense at uh, at pick number 27. But, uh, but it's the second part of what he says in his write-up about why they should take Marvin Harrison Jr. He kind of plays devil's advocate here for a second and talks about what if other teams want Marvin Harrison Jr. more than Arizona? And then it puts you in a position where, yeah, okay, if there were if there was no such thing as trades, it does kind of seem like a no-brainer to take him at four if he's there. But trades are a thing. And Monty Austin Fort likes to make trades. And there may be other teams that see Marvin Harrison Jr. as their key to like the Super Bowl or whatever right away. So the the quote from uh, Mel Kuyper here 
Would Arizona be able to pass up, for instance, a 2025 first-round pick to move down nine spots with Las Vegas? I'm not saying it would be able to get that haul, but it would have to consider a deal if it did, right? The looming question is, are the Cardinals a wide receiver away from contending? Unquote. Yeah, that isn't the looming question to me. It's defined contending. (laughs) That. What is contending? What is your version of contending? What are you talking about? Contending for a playoff spot or contending for a Super Bowl championship? That's what I'd like to know. Because, again, if there was one position right now, as far as I'm concerned, one posi- if I was ranking the positions of need for the Arizona Cardinals, a true wide receiver one. You've got all of this money invested in Kyler Murray. You like what he did at the end of last season. You're going to go forward in 2024 with Kyler Murray. Beyond that, we'll have to wait and see. But you like all of this. You've got to give him, if you truly want a fair evaluation of Kyler Murray, you've got to give him weapons that are out there. Well, and I also think, you know, for the most part, if you want a true elite number one receiver, for the most part, you've got to draft him. You know, I know some guys occasionally become available. They don't always play as good on their new team as they did previously, and you have to pay a ton for them, and you're probably going to be giving up uh, a lot in compensation or certainly in money if you go out and sign whoever the next Devontae Adams is that becomes available or whatever. Isn't you know what that I mean? right, OBJ? Yeah, I mean, and yeah, th- that's the thing. NFL history is littered with guys that were great on one team at the receiver position. On the next team, it's not quite the same. So... My stance on on Marvin Harrison has has softened a little bit to the point where I just think you have to get one of these three guys. He would be my pick, but I think you have to get one of them, and Roma Dunze would be my second choice. I just... You need one. We were talking about this earlier. If, if, If one of these guys, or maybe both of them, are that talented, which they are, that's not in question, and they fit the culture you're trying to build, you can't you can't just leave them out there. It's a need too. You're gonna draft the you're in the weird position where you can draft the best player available and draft for need at the same time. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, Brock Heward was on with us earlier, and of course, you know, he does the show up in Seattle, so he's pretty familiar with Rome Dunze. And uh, they, they interviewed uh, Rome last week. They've, they've, you know, obviously he's talked to him quite a bit. Uh, he was asked by us what separates a Dunze. Well, if you've seen so many talented guys that can run and they jump and their body beautiful and they're great players, and that's all wonderful. Yep. But you become a separator and you become one of my all time favorites when from the inside out you treat people. Well, better than the way you want to be treated. I mean, he's just a tremendous, tremendous young man as well. Man, that's one of the things, too, right there. You know how much I love that. I really do. It's what lies within that separates a football player. It truly is. I've seen everybody go out there with all this great talent. There's just one problem. They cannot consistently do their job. And that's... That is inexcusable when you've got the kind of talent that I have seen. And then there are guys that go out there and they don't have quite as much talent. And all they do is do their job, period. What you're looking for is a blend of the two. You want them to be capable. You want them to have all of this talent. And yet you want that player to be a good person in terms of doing his job. Well, how about the fact that... uh Brock Brock Heward, who played for the Huskies, so I'm guessing he had a, a few favorite Huskies. Oh, yeah. um, said that uh, Roma Dunze is on his his podium, as he said it. 
for his three favorite Huskies of all time with Buda Baker. With and he, Buda. he didn't say who the third one was, but, but <laughs> I mean, that, that right there is, is pretty high praise. I'm not saying you take Adunze over Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll just keep saying you have to get one of them. But uh, here's more on Adunze and the comps to Larry Fitzgerald. I remember Larry coming out of school all those years ago. And I think, of, I think Larry may be a little bigger, but I have talked to scouts that have said they could totally project Rome to be in a 6'3", 225-pound guy. Mm-hmm. And I will be very curious. He jumped on our show last week, um, interrupted some of his training down in L.A. as he's getting ready. And unlike neighbors and unlike Marvin Jr., he is going to work out. He is going to compete. And he said, I would expect, you know, we've been kind of testing. And he's really hoping to run sub 4-4 four, four and jump between 37 and 40. And if he does that, he's going to enter the conversation in the debate of being you know, wide receiver number one in this draft. Ooh, man, a sub four four. <laughs> I will tell you right now, based on everything that I said it earlier, if we ran a four two eight, you know, I'm being a little <laughs> facetious. Four two eight. I'm, yeah. I'm being a little facetious on that. But if he did go out and pop a four three seven or a four three six or something like that, oh boy. Look out. Well, the best way to put it is Marvin Harrison Jr. is not losing anything by not competing at the combine or, you know, testing. But Roma, he's opened the door a little bit for Roma Dunze to potentially gain something by doing the testing at the well, combine. Well, once again, if he did go out and run an incredible 40 time, I, I do believe that would be that would be a game changer for some teams not all the teams that are out there of course i still think most of them would have marvin harrison jr ranked above rome Dunze. but stop and think about it once again how close are all three of these receivers we hear this all the time from scouts yeah that are out there how close they are you gonna tell me if you're ranked that close you're right behind marvin harrison jr you go out and run a sub four four you run a four three six, and he doesn't run. Trust me on that one. There's gonna be, that would move the needle for a lot of guys because they're so similar in regard to being the person behind the face mask. Yeah, that's what you're trying to do if you're Roma Dunze. You're just trying to blur the lines that much more going into draft night. So then it just comes down to personal preference from from the teams. What are the receivers are running Saturday? I believe, right? Isn't it Saturday? Yeah, I think, it's I think so. I want to say so. that is a guttural yeah. reaction. but Now I feel like I kind of have to watch it. With an emphasis on the gut. <laughs> okay. Final segment of the show coming up. When we come back, that culture that the Cardinals have been trying to build, how careful do they have to be now as they add a bunch of new pieces to it? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Everybody, it's Bernsey. The Arizona Cardinals are looking to improve a number of positions on the roster this offseason. If they are adding a veteran, who are some of the guys that would be a perfect fit? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2 to 6 on Arizona Sports. My final segments of the show on this Thursday afternoon. More football, Wolf. Should go right to the end of the show doing football. Okay, let's just do it. I know you want to talk football. We got the combine. Oh God. Um, I'm gonna wait for this. Okay, there you go. There's maybe a screen. Maybe just one screen.
All right, I don't know why this is in here. You and Aaron talked about it. I'm just going to play it, unless oh, you want to set it up. Okay, Robert yeah. Sala. Oh, yeah, Robert Sala. Go ahead and play it. Then are you going to set it up afterwards? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about it after you play it. All right, to the listening audience, I'm going to play a cut from Robert Sala, and I don't know why. Third level, the one we seek is a group of competitors. A competitor is someone who is internally motivated to be his best regardless, regardless of the situation. His place on the depth chart does not matter. Money does not matter. Fame does not matter. He is always trying to absolutely be his best. He can't be swayed because he's already maxing out his potential. This dude is trying to PR every day of life. He's got a championship mindset. And when you have a championship mindset, you embarrass the ones and you make the great ones look normal. <laughs> wow. Make the great ones look normal. So deep right there what Robert Zella just said, Mason Ornians. So deep. This is culture. It really is. Now you got to know how to find those guys. What he was talking about right there, it, I, I have said this for decades on the air base. And earnings I have. Go back and listen to it. Check me on this one right here. I'm telling you, you want guys who don't care about anything but the game. That's what you want. You, you, you want a guy that doesn't care what the score is, doesn't care what quarter it is, doesn't, doesn't matter what the down and distance is, doesn't matter what happened on the last play. All you see is the next play. You want guys like that who are going to give you everything that they got. I look at Buda Baker. Buda Baker is, is somebody that I use all the time. Sorry, Buda, but I do. All the time, Buda Baker, because he does two things. Two things that will maximize everything that he has got from a talent perspective. It will be maximized because he does two things. Number one, he plays fearlessly fearlessly you just watch Buda Baker play the game he plays it fearlessly to a point it challenges everybody else who's putting eyes on him and guess what else the number two thing he does it every play every play fearlessly that's Buda Baker and if you do that as a football player if you you play fearlessly and you do it every play, you're going to get all of that talent, all of your God-given talent, you're going to get all of it out of you, 100%, if you play like that. That's the kind of guy you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who doesn't care. When he's on the football field, listen, as a pro, this is your business. You better care about money. You better care about a contract. You better care about taking care of your family, your loved ones. You, you better care about what Robert Sala is talking about as a competitor once he steps in between those white lines and how he plays. You know, it's funny, um, too, because you saw the McCole Hardman stuff this week, right? I mean, because that cuts from Hard Knocks last year. McCole Hardman was, look, he got the last laugh because he's on the Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl. But he was trashing the Jets. And you heard Thomas Morse at the punter. His response, I mean, th this is the opposite of culture yeah. that the Jets are trying to, to build. Uh, be careful getting information from disgruntled former employees getting beat out by a rookie free agent after being guaranteed millions of dollars is tough to deal with. Entitlement is a killer of opportunity. You have to earn it every year. That was the punter saying that about McCall Hardman. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty harsh, right? It's funny you bring up McCall Hardman. Yeah. 
the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. right? Kansas City Chiefs, um, based on their NFLPA grades, what was their grade again? 31st. They, well, they ranked 31. 31st. Yeah. 31 is what they rank. They won the Super Bowl. Two years in a row. You think these guys really, okay, they can go ahead and rank everything. They could do, do you think they're really thinking about this stuff? I don't think so. They got a bunch of dogs inside that locker room. Bunch of guys who, oh, I'm going to persevere. Training room isn't big enough. Weight room stinks. Don't care. Get out of my way. G- give me those guys. <laughs> I mean, you could have a better weight room. It also helps to have Patrick Mahomes. You know, <laughs> like there's, there's, yeah, but but it's not just Patrick. That's Mahomes. not just Patrick Mahomes, but the winning the Super Bowl every year. You're not doing that without Mahomes. Otherwise, there would be different teams doing it each year. Yeah, but even Pat Mahomes needs guys around him who are dogs and good football players. That defense, it can't be overstated how important that defense was to the Kansas City Chiefs in the season they had. Here's uh, going back to the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon, on what he's hoping to get out of some of the prospects this week at uh, at the Combine. If they love ball and if they're team guys first. So we're getting, uh, it's awesome meeting with them, um, getting to start to know them as people um, before you really dive into the tape. But uh, really looking for the what I call the price of admission if they fit that. So we've had a lot of good guys that we've already talked to, we've got a lot more meetings scheduled the next couple of days. So uh, it's really cool process for us i mean honestly right now I'd, I'd love to hear jg define that love ball define what that means I, I think i know exactly what he's talking about when he says a guy who loves ball a guy that is going to go out there and engage in the physicality of the sport of football engage in the competitive aggressiveness of the game of football there's a guy who's wearing pads who is trying to stop you from doing your job. Even if you're talking about a wide receiver, suddenly a cornerback walks up on you and says, I'm going to jam you. I'm not going to let you off this line. Oh, yeah, you're not going to let me off this line? Watch this as I slap you around and get off it, right? I mean, this is the kind of mentality you've got to have when you play the game of football. You have to engage in the mentality of physicality. I don't care what position you're playing. Imani Ossenfort's now faced with a... It, look, I mean, you have to do this. This is part of the rebuild. You have to be bringing in new players. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck at four wins. But they were so big on their culture and establishing that last year. And we talked about this a lot last year. You talked about it before DeAndre Hopkins was even uh, let go. That it was like you have to have certain guys at certain positions in, within the organization that are pillars, that are modeling the culture, and you're building it up, and you've been doing it for a year now. And I think most Cardinals fans would say that's maybe the best thing the Cardinals have going for them right now is the culture within the, the group of players and coaches right now. But now you're bringing in a bunch of new players. You're bringing in – they're going to bring in some free agents. You're certainly yeah. going to bring in a bunch of draft picks too. So yeah, Mon- but you're already vetting them. Well, Monty was asked how you maintain that culture while you bring in a bunch of new faces now. I think any time that we add a player to our building, it's it's going to be – we're going to talk about the fit not only on the field but off the field as well. And so that's why this week is such a big step in that process is that we can, we can meet with players. We can compare the information that we have coming in here to our take once we get a chance. 
chance to sit down across from them. Um, ultimately, we owe it to the locker room to bring in people that have the right mindset and are going to do the things that we ask them, ask them to do to put our team in the best position to win. So, I mean, I would put I would put the character and the football makeup of a player at, at, as much as important as the on-field ability. We have a responsibility who we're going to bring in. See, this is it right here. This is the price of admission. This is vetting that player. You're just not going to bring... Why in the world would you say this is the kind of football player we want? This is the kind of culture we're trying to create here and yet bring in football players who are people that don't fit that. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. Real quick before we go, officially for the uh, the Suns, Yusuf Nurkic is probable. I didn't even know that was an issue. Wow. Okay, <laughs> but, but probable. probable. It's... Uh, right ankle sprain is probable. Bradley Beal, left hamstring injury management, and Eric Gordon, left groin soreness are questionable. So Questionable is typically not... Not terrible. It's not 50-50 out of questionable, isn't it? Uh, typically, in, in the NBA. When knows? they actually play, I mean, uh, I would say more like... 70% of the time they're okay that's just a I guess. did the math before yeah um, DeAndre Ayton if he misses one more game he'll he will not be eligible to win MVP this season he'll be under 65 games under 65 I, games I did that right there yeah. 14 and 10 I believe right now mm. still pulling down 14 and 10 well hopefully they at least have Nurkic tonight looks like they will anything else here Wolf we're going to leave no as a matter of fact I'm leaving now <laughs> you actually are leaving right now Peace all right strength. goodbye wolf <laughs> thanks to Aaron maloney jesse morrison for uh for wolf i'm luke uh burns and gambo next on arizona sports the local sports leader